I gotta back this thing up, man. Since I feel like it's in my nose. Amen. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't. That doesn't count, right, PJ? That does not count as one of the two you owe me today. No, I'm just playing. Um, so, does anyone here um, have foot and mouth syndrome other than Jimmy? Um, just playing. Any, anyone? Anyone ever? Anyone have that foot and mouth syndrome? Okay. <laughs> Dana looked up to heaven on that one, PJ. Uh, she was like. Oh, I know. Uh, let me give you a few of the funnier examples that I, I found on the internet. I mean, there's so many, but I, I, it was a hard time. I mean, I just I just grabbed a couple, okay, like five, all right? Um, but, uh, and I'm not going to say you where, where they're from, but there's different people on the internet, okay? Um, this, this person, this website compiled a bunch of them. So the first time I met my last girlfriend's mother, you will find out why it's last in a minute, uh, I wanted to compliment her with something like, I can see where Jane got her good looks. Instead, it came out, wow, I'll bet when you were Jane's age, Jane's age you, you used to be good looking too. <clears throat> that was followed by what felt like five minutes of awkward silence while she just scowled at me. <laughs> Not good. Um, the next one, I was just leaving my girlfriend's grandmother's funeral. On my way out, I shook her father's hand and said, thanks very much for inviting me like it was a party. <laughs> That's awful. Um, this person offered a pregnant lady my seat, saying something like, here, you can have my seat. I know what it's like. My wife is pregnant, too. Turns out she wasn't pregnant. Also, turns out uh, she it wasn't a lady. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't pregnant, wasn't a lady. <laughs> Uh, two more. My family says grace before prayer. Once on Father's Day, I decided I would say something special for my dad. I have a terrible case of foot and mouth. So while my intention was to say something sweet, it ended up being like this. Dear Lord, thank you for dad on the day that we're supposed to say that. Amen. And then, and then the last one, I was like 12 and getting facial hair for the first time. My friend's mom said, look how long your beard is. I replied, almost as long as yours. <laughs> so anyway, well, I thought those were funny. Um, I think we'll agree that what we know about Peter, that he can relate to all those, okay? And so the, the uh, you know, today's, uh, we're in uh, sermon number 26. We're almost halfway done with Mark, okay? Uh, so we'll probably be here for a little while longer. Um, it, but uh, the, the today's um, title is From a Blessing to a Bashing, all right? And, and um, in response to a question, this is our central statement. It's really more of a matter of fact of what happens in this, okay? And so we're going to break it down uh, into, number one, the question Jesus, uh, Jesus asked, and then the blessing he gives Peter, and then third, the response, uh, I, mean to, I mean, sorry, the statement that Jesus will make, uh, that will upset some people, and then for the bashing, okay? So that's the that's the, the steps that we're going to look at today. And by the way, for all you sports fans uh, out there, uh, you might like this one, uh, but I thought about entitling this from the the GOAT, G-O-A-T, to a GOAT. Right. Anybody got, have gotten that one? All right, the greatest of all time. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you're on top of the world, and then no, now you're a goat. All right. I was always confused about that. Like whenever, whenever that started being a thing several years ago, I'm like, they were talking about like, you know, Michael Jordan's the goat. I'm like, what? No, he's like the best of all time. We talk, no, no, that's what I mean, coach. I was like, I think somebody told that in the, you know, told me that in the classroom. I was like, 
No, a goat is somebody who's not good. Well, I don't, you know, he said, no, coach, you're greatest of all time. I said, oh, okay. You, you, you students, I don't get it. Okay. Um, but, but anyway. Um, and so we're in uh, Mark chapter 8. Towards the end of it um, there, we will almost finish it today, uh, Mark chapter 8. But here we go. It says, um, we're going to read verse 20, 27 to the first part of 29, okay? It says, Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea, of Caesarea Philippi. I might have said that wrong. Caesarea, thank you. I appreciate that. It's good to have any, uh, teachers in the in the house that will correct me. All right, and I appreciate that. I need it, right, brother? All right, um, Caesarea <laughs> Philippi. I'm just playing. <laughs> I didn't mean to point right at PJ and Jimmy. All right, you could have said amen on that one. All right. Oh, he did? Nope, not counting. Not counting. Okay. All right. No, Jesus went out with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. Thank you. And on the road, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They answered him, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. But you, he asked him, who do you say that I am? I, I love this passage, by the way. Um, and first of all, some little background here, okay, for this area. This was actually an area that was known for its, uh, its idol worship. Um, at one time, they, they uh, worshiped Pan. All right. uh, I was like, is that Peter Pan? No, it's, it's not Peter Pan. It's the Greek god of forests and deserted places as well as flocks and shepherds. It was a big out-of-worship place for Pan. And then as years went on, uh, they, they uh, dedicated uh, the town to Caesar Tiberius and worshipped him there. Thus the name Caesarea did I say it right? Philippi. I'm going to have trouble with that. All. I'm going to second guess myself all day today. So y'all help me out. Okay. So um, so you're coming in the, from the background. The, the backdrop is a place that was very much a, 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 they knew about worship, but worshiping the wrong thing. And so the question all right, uh, is, is simply, who do you say that I am? Now, I, I, I think I've told you this before, but I've always cared way too much what people thought of me. All right. Still do. All right. Uh, one of my uh, one of my definite definite flaws. Uh, it bothered me growing up. All right, uh, I did get most friendly in high school, and I, I like that. All right, um, but it helped lead me to some bad choices in college because of it. You know, uh, and, and okay, oh, you want to go do that and go party, and okay, all right, I'll go do that. And so um, that didn't help, and and then also demoralized me as a coach. You know, and not feeling like I had the support that I'm sure I did, but I wasn't feeling it, you know. And so that's always been a thing. Uh, and so um, with, this, with this question, by the way, that you asked, it has nothing to do with what people thought about him, unlike me. That this has nothing to do. I mean, yes, he asked the questions, who do people say that I am? He had other intentions. His, he knew who he was, amen? God, Jesus knew exactly who he was. He was just setting, he's kind of setting the disciples up here. Right? He already knew. And, and, and that question, and, and you know we're, we're going to have to preach it, that question is going to have to be answered by everyone in the building at some point in, their, in our lives. Amen? Okay. Who, you know, not, not, not the first question, who do people say that I am? Who does your grandma say that I am? Who's your, who's your mom say that I am? Who's your dad say that I am? Who's your uncle say that I am? No, who do you say that I am? Every single one of us will, will face judgment. Amen? And we have to answer that question. Um, so... What will it be? Again, this will preach because uh, it, it doesn't matter what others say about Jesus, right or wrong. What is your answer? I like how John Newton said it in a song. He said, What think ye of Christ is the test to try both your state and your scheme. You cannot be right in the rest, 
unless you think rightly of him. See, earlier in the discussion, Jesus asked the disciples, okay, what did people say? Uh, what, what did people say about me? And, and the answers were a couple, right? John, some of the popular answers of the time. John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets. Let's look really briefly at each one, okay? And so John the Baptist. Now, that was a thought of Herod and Tippus. Uh, you can see Mark 6, verse 16. It's not on, uh, we'll see on the screen here. When Herod heard of it, he said, John, the one I beheaded, has been raised. So it was, there was a thought of people in that area. There's John the Baptist, all right, came back to life. Um, but this is, this is strange because John and, and Jesus lived in, in the same, during the same time, right? So does it, that doesn't make um, uh, you know, any sense there. The next one. The expected Elijah, which was another popular expectation in Judaism at the time. Malachi 4, 5 says, look, I'm going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. So they thought maybe it was uh, Elijah who was caught up to heaven without dying in 2 Kings chapter 2. Um, uh, you know, that may he would return at the end of time. Oh, but Jesus is much greater than Elijah. Amen. Much greater than Elijah. And then he even says, you know, so these big characters, John the Baptist, Elijah, great and awesome characters, and then uh, one of the prophets. One of the prophets. So Deuteronomy 18, 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I'll put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I've commanded them. See, this actually refers again to the lesser prophets, and Jesus again was far superior than them or any of the ones mentioned. So I venture to say that if that same question was asked today that many would say that they think highly of Jesus. And it's funny how God works. It feels like common themes happen. You know, it's like, I, it's funny, over the years of, of being a, a pastor, I feel like some of the, I'll go weeks and it'll be a lot of the same stuff. It's funny how God will use that. And this is one recently, because I feel like I've said it recently, but um, I feel like people will say, yeah, he was a good guy. Yeah, Jesus is a, he's a good guy. He's a prophet. He was a good man. He did a lot of good things. Uh, they maybe even uh, respect Jesus, right? Uh, you know, they have good thoughts toward Jesus. But here's the deal. Jesus proclaimed to be God. All right? Specifically, John 8, 58 says, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. He, he told a bunch of Jews at one time, all, right there, he, he said it. And then if you, if you know, some of y'all know the rest of that story, all right, in John chapter 8, they, does anybody know what, what they tried to do to him after he said that? They tried to stone him, okay? Right, right, after, right after Jesus made that comment, like, man, look, man, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I, I'm him, okay? I'm him. Before Abraham was, I am Yahweh, Jehovah, God. Okay, they would have gotten that reference. And instead of saying, oh, praise, praise you, Lord, Jesus, if we believe that, no, nah, let's, let's try to stone him. Let's, let's take them out and try to stone them. See, because see, it, it didn't jive. That statement that Jesus made didn't jive with culture, with, with them, or, nor has it jived with culture since then. Amen or oh me, right? We, as long as we, and I'm speaking, I, I, y'all know it preaches to me first. As long as we're comfortable, comfortable, we're good. You know, I can go to church as long as they don't ask, ask me to do much. You know, I, I, can, I can sit and watch and, and participate, but um, I don't know about this Jesus coming in and wrecking my life. And being in control. See, that's that's culture since then. We have the same. Now, do we go out and stone Jesus like these Jews did? Maybe not. Real, maybe not real stones, but we still don't want to go there. Some of us, some people, and they'll come to church time after time and they'll hear it. But no, that's too much. I don't want to do that. 
Okay, I'm okay standing on the outside and looking in and, and being comfortable because we don't want our world uh, turned upside down. And it's the same argument that, that I mentioned a few times recently that, that um, Josh McDowell wrote about years ago in More Than a Carpenter. It's, it's the Lord, liar, lunatic argument. Because it, it, you can't, Jesus never left that to be an option. You, you can't just say, oh, he's a good guy. All right. Uh, he, he, he's, I respect him. He, who do people say that I am? Well, you're a good guy, Jesus. No, he either is who he says he is, amen, or he's not. All right. So that makes him a liar and then a lunatic if he die for a lie. But we know he's Lord, amen. So in response to a question, that's our question. Now Jesus blesses Peter. Look at this in the next two verses. But you, he asked him, I'll say it again, you, he asked him, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he strictly warned them to tell no one about him. Now here's the blessing. So, um, and you're going to be like, well, well, Patrick, I don't see it right there. Okay, yeah, that's why you use the context and you use uh, parallel, parallel scripture. Okay, so always a good thing to do. All right, in your Bible, you'll see that a lot of times in the Bible, it'll say, it'll, it'll, it'll have a, a reference there to another uh, section of scripture. Okay, and in your Bible, it probably says Matthew 16 in it. Okay, so let's look. I'll go there for you, so you don't have to unless you want to in your Bible. All right, but let's look at the um, at Matthew's account of the same thing. Okay, the same uh, instance. Okay, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Caesarea, Caesarea. Sorry, I'm gonna lose my my Baptist card today. All right. Hey. Okay, you got me. That was good. All right, when she when. When Jesus came to the region of that place, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. So Matthew had added that there. Okay, but you, he asked him, who do you say that I am? Listen to this account. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loose in heaven. So that's pretty powerful, right? So interestingly, I love y'all know I love the details. This is the first time in the book of Mark that a person makes this identification of Jesus as a Messiah. You're like, well, wait a minute, though. Somebody, somebody did, yeah, yeah, demons did. Yeah, demons, okay? And uh, as well as um, God in, in the first chapter of Mark, chapter 1, verse 11. So God and demons had testified to Jesus' true identity. But it's the first time that a person has. Hey, brother, good to have you guys. Y'all come on. Former, former player of mine, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Good to see you, brother. Y'all come on in. And so the word Messiah means anointed one and refers to God's appointed deliverer and king. See, calling, calling Jesus the Messiah was misunderstood in those days, right? Y'all, y'all, some of y'all are aware of that. Okay, uh, they were looking for something different. They were looking for a, 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 a political leader, a, a national so, uh, savior, like, uh, like uh, to save Israel from oppression, kind of like a champion warrior, so to speak. You know, he's going to rescue us from these mean people here. Of course, we know that Peter is prone to do some impulsive things, right? And say some non-smart things like I do and like Jimmy has a few times a day. God, forgive him. Bless you, brother. All right. Amen. Amen. But let's give him credit. Let's give him credit for this, okay? 
because we, we, we like to pick on them. And we're going to see some more in a minute. We're going to pick on some more later. But let's give them credit for acknowledging that Jesus was more than this. He was more than a national reformer. He was more than a miracle worker. He was more than a prophet. Amen? See, even um, if he didn't fully comprehend what, what Jesus would have to endure, he still made this statement. That Jesus does tell Peter that he was blessed, and upon this rock he will build his church. And, and he does. And he used Peter in awesome ways. Um, afterwards and he restores them and I, I can't wait to get to that part i love how jesus restores peter amen all right because peter denies him how many times three times right and then and then jesus is going to be uh, on the beach with him and he's going to restore him he's going to ask him a question to the point where peter's like i don't get it and then he's restoring him which is awesome all right but why did jesus warn them not to tell anyone at this point you think well, again, just like recently we've heard, as we've gone through the book of Mark, if you're uh, visiting with us today, we're in the book of Mark. been in it about 26 weeks now. Because they weren't ready. See, Jesus knew they still didn't get it. Not to mention the, the people were, again, looking for a political hero. And Jesus knew that his kingdom would not be of this world, from this world. But at this point, Peter's probably feeling good, right? Do we see, Alex, do we see, still say feeling, feeling himself? Okay, we still say that? Okay, I don't know what the new, you know, cool stuff is, right? Okay, uh, amen. Okay, y'all are missing that. I've been picking on him. And he, he said amen before I started preaching. I said he owes me two amens during, the, during my sermon. And he's given me about five, but all not been, they all have not been counted on the board, okay? It was all after the shot clock, Casey, so none of those counted, okay? None of those amens counted. All right, so... Um, <laughs> you got me but he's probably feeling pretty good he's probably puffed up he's feeling himself he's a confident person anyway who often spoke too soon uh, but wait the story's not over yet, yet so we have we have a question alright who do people say I am or who do you say I am and now we have uh, Jesus blessing Peter when, when Peter gives the right acknowledgement the right answer okay and, and he says upon this rock I'll build my church and now we have number three we have a statement so read with me if you, it'll be on the, on the screen as well. But we're going to read 31 and verse 32, the first part of it. Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and rise after three days. He spoke openly about this. See, this is the, the first of three times in the book of Mark that Jesus predicted his death. Um, you ever had your expectations just totally turned upside down? You know? Uh, maybe it's going to a restaurant, you heard bad things and it was good, or vice versa. You know? I mean, the first time they, uh, we went to Cheddar's is the only time we went. I, I mean, because, and some people have great, have great uh, experiences there. Ours was not. Therefore, we have not gone back. Okay? All right, so, I mean, but some people love it. Some people love it. My best friend loves it. I, I mean, but I don't, I don't like it. Uh, we had a bad experience. We don't go back. I mean, it reminds me, and sorry if you're a, a Bulldog fan in here. Bless your heart. You know, when you, say, when you say bless your heart, you know, that's not, it, 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 this old southern thing of like, we're sorry for you. All right, just playing, just playing. But, but seriously, I did have a friend in, in college. My roommate in college was from Georgia. He was a big Georgia Bulldog fan. He hated everything about the Gators. Amen. Okay. 
Thank you. All right. And uh, and and, and I, he he thought that Florida was he he called it a bunch of transplanted Yankees, which even so, how, how was that bad? But anyway, I mean that was a bad statement at the time, right? But anyway, uh, he he just he just thought there's just weird people in Florida. I said they're just like South Georgia. It's the same people that you that you. I mean, like, come on, man, what are you talking about? Steve Spurs, a jerk, and all this stuff. And I'm like. You don't even know the guy. And so, so anyway, and I took him to one game, and we didn't even get from the parking lot to the, to the stadium yet. He was like, hey, Pat, man, these people are pretty cool. I like all these people. That's what you think they're going to, like, eat you? Like, I don't understand. Like, and so, uh, so anyway, and, and then he ends up moving to Williston and, and going to several Spurrier camps and, and saying, man, I just like that he's a super guy. I just see your expectations. Uh, you know, you, you thought one thing, and it was another. See, uh, their, his expectations, Peter's expectations, and now I'm going to be careful here because I feel like we could be Peter, amen? Like, I, I know I could. I, I, I could see where Peter comes from here. He doesn't, no one wants to hear what he heard. Okay? This is his friend, his, his savior. You know, he, he has adored Jesus and been with Jesus. But again, this statement is, see, it's not like other teaching of the time. It, it was against proper expectations. This idea of Jesus being humbled, look at that, to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, to be killed. What, Jesus? What's going to happen again? So you can leave. Can you leave the suffering and the rejection and the killing part out, please, Jesus? See, that's where Peter's coming from. But here's the thing. It had to be this way. Amen? See, the way God designed the world, the world was created by God the Father without sin. And man enjoyed perfect communion with him. Amen? Perfect communion with him. And then when sin entered, that relationship was broken. It was fragmented. And since God demands perfection that we can't provide, he sent Jesus. Amen? That's the gospel. I love how David Gusick said, he said, The suffering and death of Jesus was a must because of two great facts. Man's sin and God's love. Can we relate? Every single, every single one of us. Man's sin and God's love. I was reminded again as before the service today of how simple I am. That's a constant thing. I think it's good for us to always be that way, to always realize that we're not worthy. Amen? I, I, I just love, again, I can't, I, I'm just overwhelmed uh, of, by the, the prodigal son story, which is, which is exactly what God does for us. Because we think that God runs away from us when we mess up. Right? And God's like running to us and say, I still want you. Right. Yes, you're messed up. You're jacked up. We still say that, jacked up. Okay, I don't know. Okay. From the floor up or something like that? You, I don't know. Anyway, amen. Oh, I don't know. But the suffering and death of Jesus was a must because of two great facts, man's sin and God's love. And he goes on to say, while his death was the ultimate example of man's sin against God, it was also the supreme expression of God's love to man. Because it didn't have to... It, it, it should have been us. But Jesus died in our place on the cross. Again, this would have been a shocker to, to hear this statement spoken. It would have been a shocker. Like Wessel said, a suffering Messiah, unthinkable. The Messiah was a symbol of strength, not weakness. This is a strong leader who's going to rescue us. And Jesus says, no, Son of Man's going to suffer many things and be rejected and be killed. He's going to rise after three days. So completely wrecked our expect their expectations. And before we get 
to the last point, I'm going to hammer this. Already I kind of mentioned it. How would you have acted if someone you love greatly said that he was going to suffer, he or she, be rejected and killed? How would you react? It's easy for us to sit in our pew and, and, and come up and sit behind this, and stand behind this podium and say, kind of bash them for it, which we're going, we're going to a little bit anyway. I'm trying to, kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but I wanted you to see that I, I can relate to it. See, because I wouldn't like that. We, we don't like seeing people we love suffer. And we can all relate to it, can't we? We've all seen it. My dad's dad went by Papa. I love him greatly. He died when I was in college. Uh, actually, um, yes, when I was in college. And um, when they called hospice in, you know, it was, a, it was a little while. And I can remember seeing Papa on his deathbed. A man full of strength. A man that would play without play softball without a glove in the yard when he was like 80. <laughs> like To see that man sitting, laying in that bed. And, and I'll never forget it, and I don't know why. I think it's probably the only time that my, that my singing was okay. All right? But for whatever reason, God told me to sing, sing hymns. So I sang hymns by my, by my uh, papa. And that's the only thing that gave him gave him comfort. He seemed to not be so agitated when I sing. And I can remember my grandma saying, Patrick, just keep singing. And I said, okay, I know I can't sing worth a flip, but here I go. See, that's hard to, that's hard to witness, amen? To see suffering. See, we're going to talk more about this. And, and it's, we use illustrations, you know, like that. And, and I know y'all can relate to it. I actually use a, an illustration that somebody can relate to for a change. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. All right. But my point is, it's not even close to the suffering that Jesus Christ experienced on the cross. It's not close. And we're going to look a little bit of detail in that soon. Okay? It's tough. I remember when that movie came out, Mel Gibson you know, directed, and there's some that was like, oh, that's too graphic. <laughs> that's still not what really happened. Like, we can't even grasp it. He suffered and died for us. Amen. And, you know, and I don't, I don't want to see my girls go through rejection that I know they're going to face in their life, you know. Uh, and we can, all these things, and um, losing heartbreaking games as a coach and, and all the tough things that happen, none of that even, you know, it pales in comparison to what Jesus is going to have to go through. To die, nobody wanted that. Nobody would want that to happen to a loved one. So in response to a question, Jesus blesses Peter. That's points one and two. So the question and the blessing in response to this statement that Jesus just made. Here's a bashing. So let's look at this part in verse 32. It's on the screen. He spoke openly about this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Pulled him over and said, Jesus, man, <laughs> stop saying stuff like that. You can't be saying stuff like that. But turning around and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. That's a tough one. Number four, bashing. So Peter gets on to Jesus. Sure, he wasn't happy with the fall of those horrible things. And he gets bashed. Why? Well, because he was thinking like the world. He wasn't thinking on the things of God. He still just didn't get it. I, as I heard uh, a, a camp pastor preach before a couple of summers ago, he said proximity to Jesus does not equal a relationship with him. Amen or oh me. Can I say that again? Proximity to Jesus, closeness to Jesus, going to a church, going to church every, every Sunday, 
any of those things, being the Sunday school, proximity to Jesus does not equal relationship with him. And that will certainly preach. See, did you know that 85% of Americans say they know Jesus? Did you know that? 85%. Don't know how accurate that is, but it's still a big number, right? Peter walked with Jesus on a regular basis. Still didn't get it. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. See, the problem here is that Peter couldn't accept a suffering Messiah. It didn't meet his expectations. I can't, I can't handle that. I can accept, you know, a political savior or, you know, a guy's going to rescue us right, from captivity and from all the abuse, right? I can't accept this, Jesus. Well, will that preach? Won't that preach? See, we want things easy, amen? You want prosperity? You want great health? Better not be your reason to come to Jesus. <laughs> we have people in our community right now. We have loved ones right now. We have great, great followers of Christ who are suffering with cancer or been in a hospital for 40 days. Boy, Satan can deceive us, can he? Right. May we pray for those people who preach that nonsense. Right. I know that's not popular, but it's the truth. Sometimes you give your life to Christ and it gets harder, amen? And it blew my mind one day. I, I was at school and uh, this little boy, like a little eighth grader, said something like that. It says, well, I... I'm going to go to church. I know God's going to bless me. I go to church tomorrow. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe you go to church and then you get hurt the next day. I don't know. I, I said, but it's the, it was a fault in, in the thinking there. Well, where did that man learn? Where did that young man learn that from? Somebody taught him that. Breaks my heart. And see, this bashing, listen, this is some heavy bashing. It's the same words Jesus said to the devil in the wilderness temptation. Look it up, Matthew 4, verse 10, if you want to see it. Same words. Okay? Thing is, it's not like it's not like an outrightly evil thing to say or to think, right? I mean, he just he cared about Jesus. He, he David Gusick says it this way: Peter is a perfect example of how a sincere heart coupled with man's thinking can often lead to disaster. Or it reminds me of how you how people will take a little bit of the Bible and they twist it and, and they make it a cult. They had good intentions. Maybe. I don't know. Once again, however, Peter was probably not alone in the thought portrayed. Because it says that Jesus looked at the disciples. Did you see that part? See, some, some commentators say that they, it really wasn't just addressed to Peter. But Peter, hey, Peter gets some credit sometimes and he also gets the, the bad stuff sometimes. Okay? Because he, he speaks his mind. Right? Because it says that Jesus looked at the disciples, meaning that he said for everyone who thought that way. So it goes back to what we have our mind set on. Do we have the mind of Christ as Christians? Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. I know it's a long scripture, but stay with me. I just think there's a lot of good wisdom here. Of course, it's the Word of God. Amen. And it can preach a whole lot better than me. And you can say amen for that one. Amen. I'll count that one. So that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, 
but not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Verse 7, On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love Him. Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except this Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So in response to a question, Jesus blesses Peter. In response to a statement, Jesus bashes Peter. So in our conclusion, um, Peter's admission that Jesus was a cross, that he was the Messiah, earned him a blessing, right? Admitting it, but his assumption earned him a whooping. Did y'all see that? See, he admitted that Jesus was a Christ, and Jesus was like, yep, you're right. But when, but when we assume, like Peter did, we get a whipping. That's exactly what happens as you ask Alex to come up. See, he assumed that Jesus shouldn't say such things. He was thinking earthly things. Back in those days, the citizens of Caesarea Philippi would say, Caesar is Lord. They would say that. They, they would go around. They would say, Caesar is Lord. And you know what? That confession got them. See, that when, you, when they would walk around and say, Caesar is Lord, that, that, that confession identified them as Roman citizens. Okay? But that could never save them from sin and hell. Amen? Now, so I, you know, Caesar is Lord. Yeah, you can say that all, all you want. That's not going get to you, get you nowhere. The only confession that saves us is Jesus is Lord. Amen? Jesus, Lord, when it comes from a heart that truly believes in Him. Look at what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. I'm sure some of y'all have memorized. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with a heart resulting in righteousness. One confesses with a mouth resulting in salvation. Have you made that decision today? If you have not, I'd love for you to come up and we can talk. There's other people in the room. I'm sure you can talk to as well. But... May we continue to serve God and share that share the gospel with those around us. Amen. I ask uh, Sally to come up.